Hey, folks, today's episode of Grizzled comes with a special offer. If you email me at plaidbunion at gmail.com, that's P-L-A-I-D-B-U-N-Y-A-N at gmail.com, and you include your address, your home mailing address, I will send you a drawing. Quality is not guaranteed, mind you, but it'll be a little bit of a personal touch. So that's plaidbunion at gmail.com. Send me your feedback, and I will send you a drawing. All right, and with that, on to the episode. Welcome to episode five of Grizzled. I'm Gus Purdy, coming to you from my basement out here in the middle of Minnesota. Uh, it's kind of a somber evening. Um, I was taking my dog for a walk and uh, listening to Mark Maron's WTF podcast. Uh, I've been kind of on a, a marathon of that lately, catching catching up on on back episodes. And uh, I was coming right off of listening to his interview with Bob Newhart, which was which was a fantastic interview and um, someone that I've always kind of wanted to know more about and never had really bothered to do much research. Uh, I remember as a kid seeing Newhart, um, but not actively watching it. I think it was, you know, it was a show that my, my mom watched, um, but I remember there being uh, characters on the show that I found funny. So it was neat hearing this, uh, this, this kind of co- comic legend uh, talking about uh, kind of how he got started and um, and just kind of the span of his career. So I was feeling really good listening to that one. And then, uh, and then you know, the, the episodes are just sequential. So the next one came on, and it was uh, Mark uh, introducing... Uh, he was going to re-air his interview with Robin Williams. And um, it, it was, you know, obviously around the time that Robin Williams died... And so he was re-airing the interview, um, you know, it was kind of uh, honoring Robin's memory. And I got really sad. I mean, uh, Marin was uh, choking up as he was introing the episode. And so right away, you know, you're, you're connecting on an emotional level. So you're, you're also feeling emotional. But I also was struck by the fact that Robin Williams is not here anymore. And I know that seems, maybe that seems odd to, um, to feel upset about that. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, people die every day, and there are people that aren't aren't here anymore. And, but um, you're just kind of struck by just the fact that this this person who was kind of a part of your childhood, not on a, not on any personal level, but um, certainly enjoyed the films and. Uh, projects that he was involved with and uh, that he's just he's not here and um, I you know felt the same way when Philip Seymour Hoffman died but this one just seems all the more tragic um, so th- so it was somber I mean you know it was a nice walk but uh, it turned somber and uh, 
made a home and talked it over with my wife and we were just kind of talking about the uh uh, the nature of death and and how it impacts uh, how it impacts the the living. That doesn't that that sounds. I phrase that incorrectly. It makes it seem like it's about us, right? Um, anyway, uh, the walk was cold. Um, let's you know. Let's get off of the. Uh, let's get off of the the melancholy tone here. The walk was cold. It was in the forties. The temperature keeps steadily dropping. The leaves are changing. I mentioned this on the last episode, but um, we're really kind of hanging down in those lower numbers, which means that we're heavy into fall, and winter isn't too far away. And I, I hope that the fall hangs on. This is it's my favorite season ever. Uh, it's my favorite time of the year. Really enjoyed it when I lived in California, and now that I'm out here in Minnesota, I enjoy it even more just because it's you, you can see the changes taking place. And uh, the colors are great. The weather's fantastic. Um, I love it. And I know I'll be seeing a different tune in uh, in February when we have feet of snow. Um, but that's, you know, it's nice having seasons. It's nice being able to move you know, and have noticeable changes between the seasons. Let me fill you in on the van saga. All right, the last episode I talked about um, the arduous task of trying to purchase a vehicle from a car dealership and the runaround that we got. Uh, let me give. Let me offer a plug here. If you're ever out in central Minnesota, and for whatever reason you find yourself needing to buy a vehicle, go to Ramsey, Minnesota, and go to Easy Auto and talk to Tom Runyon. This guy was great. He helped us out quite a bit. Uh, test drove a van on his lot, talked to him about it, got some information, said I would, might be interested in it, and said, yeah. You know, and, he, and the guy had a real Sam Elliott vibe, all right? And not, not in Sam Elliott, you know, he didn't have the real deep voice and uh, that kind of thing. But he did have a mustache. He had kind of this long ponytail. He had an e-cig hanging out of his front shirt pocket. Uh, but he's very, very laid back. Very, um, very much like uh, Jeff Bridges' character in The Big Lebowski. Just very much, well, you know, well, what are you, you know, that's entirely up to you, young man. Whatever you choose to do. Uh, so no pressure. And I get that that's probably a sales technique. The whole, you know, to some salespeople are just, you know, nose to the grindstone, forcing you, putting putting it in your face. And this guy is just like, well, if you want to, you can. If you don't, you don't. No skin off my nose. Um, but we went back the next day, and it worked out. And, um, you know, he really worked with us. We kind of told him what we could do and what our bottom line was and you know he he eventually kicked in more money on trading when I was trading in the e-honda he kicked in more money towards that to make it happen to keep our monthly payments manageable so and i get it you know salespeople are trying to you know they have a job to do they're trying to make money off of it uh but it was nice to to meet you know, to work with somebody that didn't feel like they were raking you over the coals, uh, felt like he was, there was a, a certain genuineness to him. Um, genuineness, does that work? I don't know. There was, you know, he seemed genuine. 
And uh, we had the the van gave it a once over today uh, at the mechanic, and you know there's stuff that needs to be done on it, but for the most part, the mechanic said uh, it's a great great looking vehicle, and you know they did they had work done to it, but there's just stuff that we got to get got to get taken care of on it. But that's okay uh, because it's working out well for our family. We're able to take nice comfy trips, and uh, so I'm really glad that that worked out. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about, and I actually wrote them down. I've been I've been trying to be better about keeping this uh, trying to be better about keeping this notebook handy, um, so that I could jot down my ideas. Um, let me give you an update on this uh, four hour body Timothy Ferris uh, deal that I've been trying. Now, I've been on this thing since the end of July, and uh, where it's called the slow carb diet. So we're down to essentially what your meals are. You're using proteins, vegetables, and slow carbohydrates. So if you want to break that down, uh, lean meats, vegetables, and legumes, beans. And for the most part, that's what I've been eating three meals a day. I throw eggs in there. um, And then one day a week, you get that cheat day where you can spike your metabolism with whatever you want. So I've been doing that since the end of July. We're now into October. I'm down almost 30 pounds. It's worked out wonderfully. Now I'm looking at, okay, next steps. I definitely want to lose probably about another 20 pounds, uh, which would put me down. I'll say the number. I don't care. Uh, That'll put me down to 220, which is still, if you look at the whole body mass index thing, is still um, maybe 30 to 35 pounds more than what my BMI should be, but I don't know. I want to get down to 220, see how we're feeling, but I'm thinking, okay, where do we go from here? Do do I start um, mixing carbohydrates back in there? I mean, can I start eating grains again on a regular basis? And and part of me doesn't even want to because because I in all honesty I think that Timothy Ferris on this thing he still is sticking with the cl- slow carb diet I think I think you got meats beans and vegetables and that's it um, but I you know I I miss fruit it's nice having fruit who doesn't enjoy a nice tasty apple and my wife picked up some sweet tango apples from the grocery store today check those things out look them up sweet tangos they're some crazy hybrid off of Honeycrisp, and I used to think Honeycrisps were the uh, the epitome of a, of a delicious apple. But now you got the sweet tangos. So we'll see where we go from there. A um, couple other things, and I that was the sound of me putting my mug down on the desk, and then the little grabby arm that holds my microphone and has springs in there. So when I set that down, it was like. Go 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 go! You heard it. You heard it. Don't don't act like you didn't hear that. Okay. Don't try to make me feel better about myself. Don't be like, nah. There's no extra noise. There was. Okay. I can go back and check it out. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to threaten you. Um. All right. A couple things that I've been writing down. Um. We've been going to. Uh. Lately, we've been going to. Uh. Church. We found a church uh, a little bit north of us. It's a Methodist church. I wasn't raised Methodist, and to be quite honest, I haven't been what you would call a uh, religious person uh, for, oh shoot, I don't know, over a decade maybe. Um, you know, I was raised Lutheran, raised Prod- you know, Protestant, Christian, what have you, 
and uh, was really into that, especially in high school. I got really Jesus freaky. Um, not like I got freaky with Jesus, but I be you know I was kind of like a Jesus freak. Was all about that. Um, and then I you know had another bout of that in my early twenties, uh, to the point where um, I had the gall to give my dad a Bible for his birthday. Um, because I felt at the time I was like, well, my dad does not, my dad's not a Christian. So I got to, it's my duty to save his soul. I must witness to him. So for his birthday, I got him a Bible and I, you know, I was acting very morally superior. Happy birthday, dad. And, and this tells, you know, this was my dad's good humor, uh, or good nature, I should say. He just kind of had a little bit of a smirk on his face, but he's, oh, so you're trying to save my soul? And, um, but he took it. And he, I mean, <laughs> he could have told me, he could have just given it back to me. He said, no thanks. But I mean, he took the Bible and, you know, I think he, he, he thumbed through it. He looked at it. Um, but, uh, but, but then as I, you know, as I started to meet other people and I, uh, started learning about different cultures and religions that, the 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 insulation of my own didn't really make sense uh like i felt very insulated by my faith and um and i and i really was under the i you know i was under the belief that like that was the right one that was it and there was no other right one but then i come to realize well why can't there what what makes mine what makes the thing that I believe in right compared to what the other people believe in. And that's kind of where I've, I've kind of been in this crux um, for however many years. Definitely still believe in God. I believe in the existence of a higher power. I just haven't really quite, I don't know what that is. And different things make sense to me and other things don't. Um, but uh, I know that being raised in the church and going to church and having that kind of foundation really helped me uh, flourish later on in my life, um, specifically on an academic level. You know, getting getting that kind of... It's almost like you had this second, uh, second kind of school. You know, you're learning a whole different kind of skill set, but you're still looking... Uh, you're looking at literature to a certain extent, and you're analyzing it and discussing it. And that's what I dig about um, secular texts anyway. So it gave me a good foundation. And my wife was raised Seventh-day Adventist and, uh, again, brought up in that faith, and that was a big part of her life. And so, you know, we've been talking about wanting to find a church um, that we could become a part of uh, and hit the community aspect and so we found this one and it's really working out. I really like it. And the pastor's awesome. Um, he seems sincere in, in what he and what he's talking about. You know, he's not he's not this annoying fake smarmy pastor. Like he's but he but he is in a way kind of a dork, but he but he believes in the things that he's saying and it's nice to nice to see some sincerity. And the uh the church body is uh, very welcome. So I've been, I've been, every time we go, I've been looking, I, I've been looking at the the Bible verses that they put up and I've been trying to figure out, okay, I, maybe I don't 
agree with everything that the people are saying here, but what I need to try to do is to have an under like look at the text, look at the words that are being offered to me, and discern how these are ap- how these are applicable to um, both uh, a Christian life and a secular life. So I've um, there's a it's like a gong, it's like I got a gong here. Um, he put up this, this most recent week, they, uh, he did a sermon on baby steps to giant steps. And I really, I really liked the message here. Um, because there's a whole thing about how oftentimes Christians will go through life making the baby steps. So like you're taking these tentative steps, um, as you're trying to get your footing, you're unsure. So you take these, um, your steps lack a certain boldness. And, um, and so he's talking about like getting to a point where you're taking these big, comfortable giant steps. And a couple of things that he said stuck out. So he said, we must not be afraid of what we do not have. And I find myself kind of falling into this trap a lot. Like I think about, you know, I've said, okay, like once this happens and once this happens, then it'll all be good, right? Everything will fall into place, this will work out, and then everything will be fine. And I and I think that's having a fear of what I don't have. So again, I'm trying to be a little bit more content uh, with my current situation. He, he also said that fear is the greatest foe of the spirit. Now, to me, I think you can take this as both religious and secular. So if you think of the spirit as in like the Holy Spirit or the spirit of the church, fear is the greatest foe, but also in life, fear is the greatest foe of the spirit, meaning the desire to thrive, to grow, to live. So when we have fear, when we're afraid, it prevents us from doing the things that we're really passionate about and care about. And um, those were the two big things. Um, he also talked about Paul's ministry and um, how Paul practiced courage and boldness and it kind of made me think of um, Joseph Campbell's monomyth, the hero's journey. Like, okay, so if you're looking at the Bible's literature, Paul, he had this hero's journey, just like we all have this hero's journey. We all follow the same um, archetype, these patterns as we move throughout throughout the world and our lives. Um and then the last kind of thing about church, they had communion. Now, communion, I was confirmed in the Lutheran church. I took communion, but it doesn't feel right to take communion anymore. Like, I feel like that's not not for me. You know, you're talking about it's a sacrament from Christ. You know, take and eat of my body. This is, you know, broken. Okay, I break for you. Okay, then this is the blood of the new covenant. You know, it's with the wine. So it's like... I'm I enjoy going to church. I enjoy the things that are, but and but at the same time inside I kind of have this um where it feels things don't feel 100% right. So I think I just need to try to reconcile enjoying what I'm getting out of going to church and just being okay with that. I don't know if I necessarily have to be a Christian um to enjoy uh, or receive instruction um, from what's going on in there. Because what what I'm taking away from it is that um, faith is about 
passion. It's about believing in something ardently um, and la- allowing that belief um, to drive your life. And why wouldn't you have that regardless of religion? Why wouldn't you be passionate about um, that which drives you and and allow that to to move you through through life? And, and that's part of, I started looking at this new sincerity movement, and it's been coming back around, but apparently it's been around since the 80s. But the idea that the time for cynicism and irony is, is done, and we're entering an age, specifically millennials are entering this age, where it, it's better to be sincere about our efforts in life and the things that we care about. And, and that really speaks to me. You know, and, and Joe, again, getting back to Joseph Campbell, he says, follow your bliss, meaning find the thing that makes you happy and follow that. And I want to do that more often in life. You know, I'm passionate about my family. My family is the driving force. My wife and my girls and my big black mutt of a dog. They're, you know, they're my driving force. And I want to spend more time with them. And the way that I can spend more time with them is by not having to go and teach every day. Do I not want to teach? No, I like teaching. I'm good at teaching. I, you know, I'm a teacher. But ultimately, I think I'd like to teach at the next level. And and even more ultimately, we're going to get even ult- ultimate ultimate, like the ultimate warrior. Um I want to I want to write. I want to be able to make a living writing and performing, like doing monologue type stuff, storytelling type stuff. That's what I, I'm passionate about. That. That's what I want to do. So I need to be more diligent about that. And I have been writing, been writing stories down, but I'm, I've been cowardly. I haven't been bold. I've been taking baby steps. I got the writing going, but I don't, I haven't sent it out. I've sent none of the stories out to any publishers. And that's where the baby step is. And that's where I need to go from a baby step to a giant step. All right. Um, again, I'm running long on these. I wanted to keep these episodes down to about the 15-minute mark. Um, but uh, join me next time when uh, I talk about um, thoughts on some of the new Weezer songs, and as well as I got an analogy about uh, pop countries, uh, male artists being similar to uh, mall Santas. And uh, so we'll get into that next time. Um, You can follow me um, at Plaid Bunyan on Twitter. And as I said at the intro to the episode, if you take the time to email me at plaidbunyan at gmail.com. That's P-L-A-I-D-B-U-N-Y-A-N at gmail.com. If you take the time to email me, and you don't even have to put a message in there, but if you want to, you can say hello or you can give me feedback or ask questions. Um, and you include an address. I will do a drawing and I will not like a drawing for a raffle, but I'll actually draw something um, and, and I will mail that to you. And you will have your very own Gus Purdy original drawing. Quality is not guaranteed. All right. So don't get mad at me if you don't like the drawing. Um, but uh you know, it'd be fun. It's be pen pals, huh? People don't people don't do that as much anymore. 
Um, it's nice to get things in the mail. I always get pumped. Um, that's about all I got for you this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm Gus, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks.